one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, I'm Gary YouTube from Cultaholic.com, and it's time for some more Gary YouTubing, this time in the form of a tier list where we're going to rank every single NXT men's world champion in the history of that illustrious WWE championship. And wouldn't you know it, I'm looking over there and I can see another Gary YouTube this time taking the head and the body and the blazer and the lovely pristine white shirt of Tom Campbell, also from Cultaholic. How are you doing, Gary? I am wild and young. Gary YouTube <laughs> and we have just begun. How are you, sir? I'm lovely. I'm the roar of the crowd is here. It's inspiring. I don't know what I'm saying, <laughs> the Gary, roar but we'll move of on. The crowd. <laughs> A song by Coheed and Cambria was also used. We are not your kind. Ah, <laughs> we Slipknot. are not your friends. I don't know. I've enjoyed it. Um, are we ranking NXT theme music? I mean that's we fun. can do we should do like Show themes at one point because I'm a, I'm I'm very passionate about those sort of topics. Oh, thorn in your eyes is lovely, lovely, lovely. Without a rise up from smack, rise up from SmackDown back in the day needs to be oh, top tier. Nice. Could we put do, could we put know your enemy in the bin though? Whose <laughs> 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 idea was that? Well, it says enemy and they have enemies on the show, Tom. So you know it fits the gimmick, does it not? <laughs> That's true, that's true. I do know me, Enemy. besides the point, we're here to speak about NXT champions, of which there have been 16 different ones in the history of this thing. Adam Cole, bye-bye, 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 is the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, with his reign currently at around 371 days when this video hopefully goes live. We've had two two-times champions, that being Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. The things appear on the main roster, Tom, any more stats you want to know those are the ones I've got written down there I don't know what to say now Seth, hit the intro. Seth Rollins the first one Seth Rollins Beat is Jinder the first Mahal one yeah. tournament final he did do that we're going to speak about that just after this intro hit the intro intro man Woo. Just in case you haven't been here before, we're going to put each and every champion in NXT Championship history into this lovely, lovely tier, which has several tiers going from the best, lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable, and then get in the bin. And Thomas, we're starting off with Seth Rollins, as you say. His reign, well, the NXT Championship, we should say, let's give a bit of history. Well, it was established on July the 1st, 2012. Rollins had been in FCW for uh, close to two years, I believe it was, before he won the thing. He, then they had a, gold, a big old gold rush tournament involving some of your favourite superstars from the last decade. But uh, Rollins defeated Drew McIntyre, Michael McGillicutty and Jinder Mahal to win the bloody thing. Mahal obviously in the final. So yeah, 
When you're f hearing Seth Rollins, NXT champion, what comes to your mind straight away? Well, obviously, it's the historical side of it. Like you'll, you'll, he was the first one. This was, uh, this was the the sort of the the, the coming out party for Tyler Breeze, uh, not Tyler Breeze. Tyler, what was his Black. name in Ring of Honor? Wasn't Black. Tyler Breeze? Tyler Black. Tyler Black. This was the coming out party of Tyler Black. Oh, this is a cracking start to the tier list. It's Friday um, morning. The, the, the coming out party for Tyler Black, who had had a running ring of honour as a champion that hadn't really caught the world on fire. As you say, FCW, uh, people were really getting behind the whole Seth Rollins character. And then here he is, uh, top of the tree, NXT champion. A sign of big things to come uh, for Seth Rollins. Uh, in terms of that title reign, at this point, though, the so Seth Rollins, when it, the NXT Championship at this point, wasn't the the prestigious belt that it is today. I mean, even even the look of the belt made it feel very much like it was very much it knew its role at that point. It was a developmental belt on a developmental brand, and uh, so it didn't have the prestige that it needed. And it was even whilst he was NXT Champion that he was called up and did the thing with the Shield. So and that was what led to him dropping the belt. So it's, I'd, I'd obviously like historically you want to put him in it, lovely, lovely, lovely. But I wouldn't, based on his title reign, simply because it wasn't as it wasn't the most prestigious of title reigns. And I think, Gary, that you and I are going to have an issue because so many of these guys in this list are such great wrestlers, such great performers that you could easily just go, ah, lovely, 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 lovely. But we're trying to base it on their time as an NXT champion. So I want to put him, um, I want to put him in just about, you know, just in this, I want to put him second up, just, just underneath lovely, lovely, lovely. All right. I think we need to go a little bit lower, Tom. Do you I've been doing a bit of research here because I was, obviously everyone remembers when Rollins wins the thing. He beats Jinder Mahal, Dusty and Triple H are in the ring. They're raising the arms. It's a lovely, wholesome moment, but it's what comes after that. That's the issue as we say we're here to rank the NXT champions and we've surely got to base that on the reign. Rollins won the thing in the summer. He was called up to the main roster. Uh, obviously, uh, Survivor Series it was, wasn't it, when he uh, attacked Ryback and put him through the table? That was just a few months. During that time, Tom, July, Rollins had five matches. August, he had six. September, he had six. October, he had three. And November, he had just the two NXT matches. So as we say, NXT, this new... We're coming away from the game show era. The whole new thing's just trying to find its identity. We weren't really on the WWE Network in a featured slot like we would become on a Wednesday night and whatever. So I think this reign has really been hampered just by NXT, the stage of... The stage of NXT's life really hampered this title reign. So I'm going to say bearable. Okay. Is that fair? Because can you, can you name, apart from obviously when he dropped the title to Big E, can you name a defence he had that sticks out in your mind as a memorable match? I believe, do you not defend against Victor from The Ascension? <laughs> Victor from The Ascension was one. Michael McGillicutty was another who he obviously defeated in that tournament. So there was tiebacks there. But <sighs> bigger, this was a stepping stone. Obviously... Mm. The, the plants with the Shield, they've been well documented with Cassius Ono being in, then out, and Bob being CM Punk's pick, whatever the story was. That was that must have been in the works when Rollins won the title, surely. That would seem like a thing that had been bigged up for a long time. So, you can't... Again, it's just the fact there's no real stick-out matches, which, again, it might be because of where NXT was at the time. It's got to be one of the lower tiers, I would say. Yeah, let's put him in bearable. 
Let's put him I'm in I'm down with that, Gary. It's not really his fault, though, is it? It was more NXT's life, it was as more just the It was more just where NXT was. And, yeah. and, and it was... And the, but the fact that he was called at midway through a title run. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't dream of doing that now. Like, the way that... Like the, the story of Matt Riddle getting called up to SmackDown is so different to how they would have done it in years gone by, where it would have just gone, Matt Riddle's on SmackDown from next week. Deal with it. Bye. Whereas, like, this time, like, they've had to really work hard to to get him storyline-wise clear of NXT before moving him there. Like, they make so much more of an effort to get people in positions like that now, whereas back then, oh, Seth's doing this now, so can we just just, just sort that out? Cheers. That's, that's one of the... Is it, is it the major drawback with NXT? How most, you know, we've got AJ Styles in the club from, yeah, from uh, not too long ago. They just went straight to the main roster. But lots of people now, they have to go on NXT and you get to know them and you get to know one version. Then they come to the main roster and by and large, it's not the same. We don't have those surprise debuts really anymore, do we? Well, it's big. I think the expectation when you build somebody, and we'll get to some of these names as we go through the list, like the expectation is so high when they come to the main roster because of the way they have been presented on NXT. In some cases, it's, it, it's, a, it's an unreachable high for them. And, uh, and like I said, we'll talk about quite a few of those as we go through. Yeah. So Rollins dropped the title to Big E, a match that was recorded in the December of 2012 but didn't air until January the 9th, which is when Big E's title reign is recognised as starting. It was a no-DQ match. It was a lovely match. It, it, Big E should have been a world champion by now. I think we all are in agreement with that. I hope you are. Otherwise, I'll fight you. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. Big, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. If this was New Day Big E as NXT champion, we'd be putting him in, we'd be putting him in, in the top tier. But yes. because this is like three ain't enough, no, I need five, Big E, smacking the powder on his hands, just a little bit, just, just hasn't quite come out of his shell yet, still very much cocooned. And um, he's, he's still not quite in a position where he's, he's found his, his, true, his true pace. So with that in mind, like, I think put him in bearable. Like the rain itself wasn't the strongest, um, I'm, I'm happy that, Ed, that he has a singles title reign like that to his credential, obviously, as, as well as yeah, um, Intercontinental title as well. Um, mm -hmm. But I want New Day Big E to get a singles run. This wasn't yeah. New Day Big E. Put him in bearable. The unbelievable thing was, he won, obviously, his title reign is recognised as starting in January. It was either later that month or in February, he was on the main roster house show loop doing tag team matches with Dolph Ziggler with AJ Lee at ringside. So why they decided to put the title on this guy when they obviously had bigger plans for him in the not-too-distant future is a really baffling call. But once again, just like Rollins, Tom, I'm going to ask you, can you remember any memorable Big E title defences down in the next Was it Victor from The Ascension? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I some names just, for you. I think he just fought Axel everybody. Keegan? Any relation to Kevin? I've got no idea. Is it Axel Keegan? <laughs> I have no idea. No I have no idea. idea that he defended it against Axel Keegan. But that it... was his first title defence, which lasted 54 seconds, my researchers told me. <laughs> but he would also wrestle, not Victor, but Connor from the Ascension when he was Connor O'Brien. And Cesaro, I guess, was the big one. Uh, but as we say, he was, he was on the main roster house show loop doing tags with Dolph Ziggler. Baffling call to put the title on him anyway. It's nice to see they did so. It's got to go in and around Rollins once again. I'd, I'd argue Rollins was maybe slightly better. Uh, I don't know if that's fair. The match with Cesaro, I guess, is one. Now you talk about it, it just yeah, you can't remember I it. I, I recall that big E Cesaro match, and it was good. It was a good showing. Um, whether that puts him, I I want to put him just above Rollins. 
Should we put him just above I Rollins? I want to put him just above Rollins. I feel Should like... Put him in all right? Is that, is that a bit too much of a jump? Or just uh, above him in just above bearable? Oh, above him in bearable. They're both bearable. Above him in bearable. They're both Again, in bearable. A victim of what NXT was at this time and the fact that the people in charge obviously had different plans for him when they put the title on him. But next up, Tom, I hope you're in agreement with me because we have Bo Dallas who took the title off Big E and Bo Dallas in NXT. This is going to be so weird to say if you started watching wrestling after about 2015, but Bo Dallas in NXT was absolutely unbelievable. There was a wonderful subtlety to Bo Dallas as he... As, as he ran with the NXT title. Like a kind of very casual madness of King George type thing, where <laughs> he would just start being a bit snarkier and a bit and a bit more underhanded as his reign went on. And the, the actual, the way his reign ended as well is, 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 is as memorable as the way his reign began. And which is, and, and, and the whole package of him in NXT. Whilst I still don't think I don't know if I want to put him in the best because, again, we are basing it on that title run and that prestige. And I think that whilst he was very much a catapult for what NXT would start to become, uh, I kind of want to put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. I think that's fair based off what's to come. But mm. Bo's reign with the NXT title, Tom, was 280 days um, from when that match aired in the June. Uh, he was 22 years old when he won the bloody thing, which is unbelievable in itself. Uh, but his, his story in NXT is what made him the champion he became because he started off as the plucky underdog babyface with that glove on. Uh, as we're learning with Sean Spears, that's a, a throwback to the 80s and loaded heels and whatnot, which makes you wonder why he was wearing it when he was a babyface. Anyway, the babyface run wouldn't last too long because crowds would just basically turn on Bo and I think they realised that the, the powers that be had big plans for him. I think he wasn't really connecting as a baby face and then seeing that, you know what, we're like as wrestling fans. We see someone the machines behind, but we're not behind and we turn our backs on them. But the fans in NXT would literally turn their backs on Bo when he would make his entrance down the ramp. They would turn around in the crowd and look the other way. It was fantastic. He was, he was very much Bowman Reigns in NXT. Bowman Reigns. Good God, there's a reason you're in this job. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I would argue he's the most interactive NXT champion or NXT, NXT wrestler of all time. The, the, the back and forth he would have with the crowd. The crowd was his main rival. It, would, oh, it was that moment where he was... It was his, um, when he got kicked out of NXT, his, his not the way he lost the title, but his departure from NXT when he's like, I don't want to use language like this, but you all smell... And then the crowd just start laughing at him. And they're like, oh, it's, you have, I've undersold that completely. You need to watch it. He's dragged out the arena. He's like 2001 Kurt Angle. He, oblivi he was oblivious to the fact he was a dick. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and which is why I think he belongs in a very high tier. He was, this, like I said, he was sort of the start of the, the, uh, the, the, the changing of the mindset of, of NXT, which, which we'll move with our next champion that very much becomes. Do you remember the, hi the highlight of the reign for me, apart from the obviously departure from NXT, was the whole thing with Sami Zayn? The back and forth those two had. He had the open challenge where he was like, anybody from NXT can challenge me to a match, but Zayn, who he was feuding with at that time, Zayn, you're not allowed to compete against me. So Sami Zayn rocked up as who, Tom? Can you remember? Well, Sami Zayn didn't rock up at all. El Generico turned up instead. El Local, actually. El Local, I apologise. <laughs> Aye, so he defeated Dallas to earn a title shot down the line, but Bo would retain the title against Sammy, and then we got to that. It's one of it, 
it must have been the greatest match in NXT up to that point, I guess, the ladder match against Neville. And the reaction Neville got when he took the title off Bo was just testament as to how good Bo was with the title. But this is big, this, because it was, a, it was a story that was built almost over a year because Bo Dallas got the shot of Big E because he, because he won the Battle Royal. And in, in doing so, he eliminated his then tag team partner, Adrian Neville. And Neville had all this time to fester. Uh, on this, on 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 what had happened and, and the breakup of his team with Bo Dallas. So when Neville and Bo finally met in the first NXT ladder match, and and Neville took the belt from him, it just it felt like a it was a beautiful story uh, that that it started cool in the middle and then got white hot as they got to that ladder match, and it was it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's just a shame. He had a good start on the main roster with the Bo Leaf stuff, but bring back NXT Bo. He's not, he can't, he can only be able 30 years old now. There's still legs in the guy. Bring that gimmick back. He's amazing. Anyway, we move on to Neville, who held the title for 287 days. And this, for me, Thomas, is where NXT sort of went to that next level mm-hmm. with, uh, with Neville as champion. It's the birth of NXT here, uh, Adrian Neville. Of, or, or as Jack called it in the, in the ranked video that we did on the Cultaholic YouTube channel. Um, he called it the beginning of the work rate era for NXT. This is where NXT started just becoming synonymous with great matches. And Adrian Neville was one of those. He headlined the first takeover. Uh, he, he's had, he had phenomenal matches that, that were star makers in some cases. And there was, and whilst he was the, he was the good, he was the good, he was the good guy. Near the end of his run, there were those little, little flickers of of healness. In particular, the stuff that he did with Sami Zayn, and and I love those shades of grey when they come in. And Adrian Neville just grew as a performer, uh, as NXT champion. And for that, I want to put him in the best. I, I, I want to put him in the you. best. So- Sami Zayn's chase for Neville's NXT title is what made NXT's title reign so great. Just how Sami got so close on so many occasions but couldn't quite get over the line to win the title. We had the, obviously Neville's, the, the best matches I think from that reign with the, the fatal four-way match they had with Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd and Sami Zayn. And then they had the big match at R Evolution uh, where I think was Sami would have to leave NXT if he lost the match and obviously we're going to win, everyone would go mental. Kevin Owens would come down and that would, that would be a thing we'll get onto in a second. But the hug between Neville and Sami Zayn at the end when, you know, they've been going back and forth for a while, the handshake, the turn into a hug. Moments, fantastic moments. There Tom. was one bit in that match that doesn't get talked about because it's only very subtle. And it's uh, as, as Sami Zayn is, is finally, like, he's, he's just, he survived an onslaught from Neville. And suddenly Neville finds himself in the corner, which means it's, like, time for the halluva kick. Sami Zayn's on the other side of the ring. And the camera zooms in as Sami Zayn does this. Like, it's Sami Zayn realising, oh, my God, now this is going to happen. This is the time. And it's just, yeah. the, oh, and I, it gives me goosebumps. Little stuff like that. Sami Zayn was so good at. And then lo and behold, halluva kick and off went Sami Zayn to become NXT champion. But, oh, it was a great moment. And, and the way that, the, again, like, like with Bo, the way that Neville's title reign started and ended, both phenomenal. He went on to go and do stuff on the main roster. Uh, and it was only just as he was departing that we were finally seeing, you know, our uh, war Nev finally <laughs> cracking it, you know? Yeah, the bastard was unbelievable. Yeah, what a shame about the way his main roster career went. But anyway, 
The journey to the title for Sami Zayn was a lot better than the actual reign for mm. Sami Zayn. This is going to be weird if you started watching wrestling over the past couple of years alone, because believe it or not, Sami Zayn was an unbelievable babyface. He was known as the heart and soul mm. of NXT, of course. He only held the thing for 62 days, but it, 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 this reign was obviously used just to build up the brand new toy. I don't want to say toy. It's Kevin Owens, the, the brand new star. Yeah on the scene. Sami Zayn was a bit of a sacrificial lamb here. I'm really sad that it was so that the title reign, my recollection of Sami Zayn's title reign was Sami Zayn getting powerbombed onto the apron by Kevin Owens after he won the belt. And then Sami Zayn being injured and then Sami Zayn fighting against his old friend Kevin and Kevin beating him by a stoppage and that's it. Thank you very much. So like you say, sacrificial lamb, like Sami was just there to build Owens. And the, this is something where the, the main roster would would actually correct it, as opposed to going up and it going wrong. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would have a phenomenal feud on the main roster. They brought out T-shirts to commemorate it, for goodness sake. Was, I had a fight forever one with Kevin <laughs> and Sami's faces split down the middle. I had to chuck it out because I'm not as fat as I used to be. So that's nice. <laughs> um, but it was the one time where, where the, a court, one of the very few occasions where a court to the main roster gets rectified, rectifies stuff. So to see Sami and Kevin having some more competitive matches in the main roster was great. But Sami Zayn, oh, I feel really sad because I was such a fan of Sami Zayn at this point in his career. But I, for basing it on champions, like... Got it's got to be down in the similar level to Big E and Rollins, hasn't it? Wait, I, don't think, I don't think it gets in the bin, because obviously no. we all did feel sorry for Sami Zayn, because basically, if you didn't see it, the rivalry was Kevin Owens rocked up, had his debut match against C uh, CJ Parker, sorry. End of the night, Sami Zayn wins the title. Owens comes out, looks like he's going to celebrate with his best friend who he travelled the roads with for many years and had a big feud with. Well, I guess that was a different man. It was El Generico who pissed off to Mexico. Sami Zayn is his best friend, of course. But no, Owens would turn on Zayn, Clothesline on the ramp, powerbomb on the apron, he wants the NXT title. Then it would just be over the next few weeks, well, the next 62 days, Owens just attacking Sami Zayn week on week on week to the point where they have this big match for the title and Sami Zayn's not fully fit. So Sami Zayn didn't have much in the way of anything in this feud. It was just him getting beaten up by Kevin Owens just to build up Kevin Owens as his big monster heel. So... I, <sighs> Bearable? It's it is a shame. It's got to go it back to bearable. It is a shame not to see Sammy it's got with to go a bigger rain, isn't it? Huh? It's got to go to the back of bearable, isn't it? The back of bearable. Back of bearable. I mean, just, just because we are being brutal and we are basing it on title reign, right? And yep. it's a bear, it's a bearable run. It's it's a non-run. It's a non-starter. But you know, Biggie and Seth, despite the fact, despite a lack of like real strong opponents in some cases. Uh, th there was more meat on the bone with that title reign, and yeah. so it has to. It has to. Sorry, Sammy. No, no, it's a, it's a shame the way he lost it as well. Because I was just I watched back the match last night. Actually, he does a big moonsault off the top rope. You know the one where he does the the old Van Damme moonsault off the top rope to the floor with uh, the backs of his thighs. I forget what the, the moves called itself. But he, when he lands, he bangs his head. So it was his own stupidity that banged his head, and then Owens went, "Oh, this guy's a little bit not silly. I'm going to take advantage of this." Several power bombs later, the referee has to throw it off via stoppage. Ah, what's your feelings on that finish? Because it was very divisive at the time. I liked it, mate. Just you, how do you, you never really see it, do you? I think it was divisive because um, Seth, because because not Seth, because Sammy's title reign had been so nothing. 
Yeah. Um, but that's why it was divisive. In terms of like the creativity of it, wow, what a way to establish Kevin Owens as this unstoppable monster of a heel. Just, I beat, I, I won the belt because I refused to stop powerbombing my former best friend. Like, that's powerful. Like, yeah, I, he was doing... It was great. It was just so well done. Yeah, doing it all for his family. And early on, Kevin Owens was my favourite. 2018 roster is probably slightly better than 2015 NXT roster, but I think 2015 is my personal favourite NXT roster of all time, with Kevin Owens being my personal favourite champion, maybe? Maybe not, maybe Chapman we'll talk about later, but Kevin Owens reign, 142 days he held the thing for, and this was around about the time where Kevin Owens, because his names, his, his initials, sorry, were KO, he would knock everybody out. Wow! <laughs> it's clever, isn't it? <laughs> Simples! Uh, Kev, Kevin Owens' title reign uh, was... I want to... Okay, before we say anything else, this is the best, right? Yeah, Because yeah. this... We talk about how Adrian Neville sort of brought NXT into the, the work rate era. Kevin Owens took that belt onto WWE TV and, and, and took it to John Cena and, and faced John Cena, held the NXT championship over the, over the US title. Stomped on the US title. Foot on the US title, NXT belt in the air. And not only did he go up and get in the face of... John Cena on the main roster, he beats John Cena clean as a whistle elimination as the NXT chamber. champion. That match was unbelievable. Because oh, people, great. obviously, when you, you look at Kevin Owens, you don't think he can do the moves he can do, which is testament to how good he is. He was doing the, the, the twist and moonsault thing off the top rope. All the bells and whistles were coming up, but that promo where he first appears initially with John Cena in the ring and Cena's giving them all like, oh, you're a rookie, you're just NXT, this, that, and the other. And Kevin Owens is like, no, I've been around doing this for 15 years. You can, you can shut up, you prick. It's just... <laughs> That's exactly like, what he said. Like, word for word verbatim. Shut up, uh, prick. He might have called them a doylem at one point, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you diddler in the cultaholic sense of the word. <laughs> um, but the way they just let Kevin Owens not be made a fool of, it really did take NXT to that... that the next, the next Neville level, higher mm. than the Neville level, higher that than was the Neville thing level. On the main roster, wasn't it, it? Yeah, it, it certainly, it really put them on a, on a, in a strong position. So, and, and Owens, and, and now Owens, not all of Owens' title matches or, or contendership matches were great. I seem to be, I seem to remember being really excited for Owens versus Samoa Joe, but it was a match that didn't really touch the sides for me. It was just, it, it, it fell under. But then we had the stuff with Balor, and yeah. off to the races we go from there. But Kev really put NXT on the map. You can't not be the I, best. Yeah, the, the matches against Balor were the highlight here because the, the, the no contests were a bit of a... Were they a bit of an issue with the, the, the rain itself? Because he was a heel and, of course, no contest is something a heel should probably be looking for if you look at things within the realms of kayfabe. Yeah, one against Joe, as he said. One against Sami Zayn because he went and just beat him down a bit too much. And the referee was like, well, we'll go away from this one. Um, but after... Having the match against Balor initially, we had uh, the one in the Beast in the East. And because Finn Balor used to be a big deal over there in the, in the, in the Japan area, in the Japan area, in a big small megastar. mining town called Japan. <laughs> that small territory called Japan. <laughs> uh, the Demon, it was the Demon Balor, finally beat Kevin Owens to win uh, the title. Then they have a big rematch at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, the first one. It was a ladder match, wasn't it? Kevin Owens could not win the title back. Um, so off he went to the main roster to go and feud with Ryback for the Intercontinental Championship and all that malarkey. Um, and he, uh, speaking of, well, one thing I think a lot of people forget, 
is Kevin Owens took the NXT title to the, uh, the main roster more than once. Thomas. We had the matches with Cena. Then we had that one on SmackDown against Zack Ryder. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? And then we had a one with Heath Slater on main event, which I did not know happened at all. I didn't know about the main event one. I remember, yeah. I, yeah, I seem to remember the Zack Ryder. I seem to remember the Zack Ryder one. If, if memory serves, it was Kevin Owens sort of lampooning John Cena to go. All right, Cena's doing this open challenge nonsense. Well, so am I. Yeah. Who wants a shot at the NXT title? And there's Zack Ryder. Good, because yeah. God loves a trier. <laughs> There we have it, Kevin Owens in the best. So then we move on to Finn Balor, who was at that time, he would be gone to become, I should say, the, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. Obviously, that record's been beaten as Satya in, what the hell? It's June, isn't it? Bloody hell, June of 2020. 292 days Finn Balor held the NXT title for. He defeated the likes, uh, sorry, to get there, to get the beast in the East. No, what am I talking about, Tom? I'm getting mixed up here. He defeated Curtis Axel, Hideo Itami, and Neville in a number one contenders tournament to get that shot against Owens. Uh, the Beast in the East match was actually a rematch. The first one ended in a no contest, which Kevin Owens loved. Beast in the East happened. Then after that, we had uh, Balor beating Owens in the rematch to take over Brooklyn, Apollo Crews. And then the NXT title would sort of take a little bit of a sidestep for a little while because of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic where Finn Balor put on the wet dream of a team with Samoa Joe, which then would lead to Joe turning on Finn. Finn would beat Joe in Dallas and in London, but lost the title. And sit down if you don't know this story, because it's going to knock you all socks off. <laughs> he beat him at a live event, which is unbelievable. I think it was April of 2016, around about that time. It's just crazy they would do that on a, on a live event. Anything can happen at WWE live events. Buy your tickets now. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah. The, so the, what are you thinking about Finn Balor as NXT champion? He's got to go in the best, surely. See, this is where the best is going to get very crowded. Uh, we're going to need social distancing measures for the best because there's quite a few <laughs> coming in. Uh, Finn Balor, yeah, solid champion. Just, again, a guy that... that, that morphs NXT almost into, into his vision. I feel like he... Like you say, the belt took a back step because it be- him and Joe as friends in the Dusty Tag Team Classic kind of became the focus. Whilst I don't know how I feel, I I don't know how I felt about all of that. Obviously, like the Finn and Joe team for the Dusty Classic, I feel like I'm I'm a stickler for like the a if two singles guys become a tag team, they should. They should struggle against established tag teams. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a bit of a... In my head, that's how it should roll, because otherwise, what is the point of tag team wrestlers? What is the point of tag team divisions if two singles guys can team up and just, and just beat everybody? And I'm not saying that they didn't win it without, without a fight. There were several great fights in that, in that tournament. But I always prefer it when tag teams win that thing rather than just hoi together lads. And uh, it did become a bit of a catalyst for a a feud with them and and some some great matches and as you say the the surprise after Finn seems to have sort of disposed of Samoa Joe but Joe winning the belt on a live event like okay yeah. bit random it wasn't even a big live event either it was a, a relatively small one by looking just at the the footage itself but yeah after taking the title from Finn Joe and Finn would then have a rematch which is uh Forgotten as WWE like to rewrite their history from time to time, the demon Finn Balor lost inside of a steel cage to take over the end to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe beat the demon inside of a cage. Good match, Why though. Yeah. Good match. Good yeah. match. 
Very good match. I was, I was really, I was, I was happy to watch that one go down. That was great, mate. And did, we didn't touch on it enough, but Balor and Joe at Takeover London was very good. Yeah. The the, uh, the whole Jack the Ripper motif for Finn Balor. That was, was a bit iffy. There was, was a some... woman screaming, and then in walks Finn. Whoops! What have I done here? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a bit, a bit peculiar, but uh, as, as an aesthetic, it's certainly eye catching. Um, but yeah, I think I think put Balor in the best. I don't want to. I think put him near the back of the best, though. We're going to we'll be really. Sort out the, we'll sort out the order of the best at the end of the video, so we find out who is the greatest NXT champion of all time. But Samoa Joe, I would argue, does he go in the best because obviously he beat the demon inside of a cage when he was champion, uh, but he's the first ever two-time holder of the NXT Championship. His first reign was 121 days, and his second reign in the midst of that Shinsuke Nakamura feud lasted only two weeks. And I love Samoa Joe because he was like a bottle, Tom, of Newcastle Brown Ale. No bollocks. <laughs> Remember those adverts from back in the day? Newcastle Brown Ale, no bollocks. <laughs> I, think it was jo I think this was Samoa Joe's greatest run in WWE as NXT champion. Obviously, he's done stuff on the main roster with some good people, Wendy, and all that. Yeah. Um, but this was his best run. This was his best time. In terms of whether he was the best, um, I don't know if, I, again, I'm nervous to run the risk of putting everybody in the best. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to put him in, I want to put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. That's fair. As I'll a champion, I, I feel top. like there was a couple of matches in amongst there that didn't quite hit the sides for me personally. Um, but the 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 fact that he you know he's in the history books as two-time NXT champ is awesome. Samoa Joe is uh, very much a force. Samoa Joe of like the mid-noughties, like ROH Samoa Joe as NXT champion would have just transcended the business. <laughs> like Joe was just Joe just held I think does he still hold the record I believe the longest reign as Ring of Honor champion I've got no and, idea and Tom. just putting on <laughs> spellbinding matches with guys like CM Punk and the Briscoes and Austin Aries and all of that and uh, which was great I think the NXT Samoa Joe was still very good though um, and this is probably the best work that he's done within the company so I'm going to put him in lovely 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 how do you feel about the Nakamura feud? Because we, we would get to take over Brooklyn I.I., the second instalment, where Nakamura would take the title from Joe after three Kinshasas. And the image of Joe with that, he, I think he dislocated his jaw properly out mm. of kayfabe for realsies. And his jaw just sort of locked like he that. He could, oh, you could tell he was almost like holding his jaw open or closed, wasn't he? He just had his hand yeah. there, like keeping it together. I was going to say, how do you feel about Nakamura taking the title and then Joe taking the title back off Nakamura in that November and then two weeks later Nakamura taking the title back off Joe when they went over to Osaka, Japan that little territory over there. <laughs> How um, do you feel about the flip-flopping the title? Is, I think this is one of the very rare occasions where they flipped and or flopped the NXT title they, they are I mean the fact that Joe is is one of is one of two two-time champions is that correct? Yes that says all about how 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 much they they avoid the flipping and the flopping of the title i wasn't against this because if you're taking a takeover to japan i like uh, shinsuke nakamura going in as challenger i think that's i think although arguably maybe you could have avoided the flipping and the flopping by simply having shinsuke win the belt for the first time in osaka and do yeah. it there have that first yeah. that first win there 
Um, you, you could have waited a tiny bit, I think. You could have easily given Nakamura something else to do in the meantime and then had that happen there. It was fine for what it was. I think that if you had to have Nakamura going in as challenger, though. Yeah. Uh, so then we get on to Shinsuke Nakamura, who is, of course, the second two-time NXT champion of all time. Well, the only ever other one. 91 days and 56 days. He had big matches leading up to the feud with Joe, uh, with Ty Dillinger, Austin Aries, and Bala, which is a bit of a, ooh, Japan. Wow. <laughs> a lovely match. Um, uh, the loss to Joe when he l dropped the title was the first televised singles match loss he had in a NXT, which is, I know it's a bit, of, a bit of a trope in NXT when somebody arrives to go on a long defeated streak, undefeated streak, sorry. Um, but that, wow. Wow. That big loss there. It, yeah. He had to lose at some point. He had to go yeah. at some point, so what, what, I, again, you could have avoided it by just having him win the Battle of Osaka and then yeah. go from there. You could have avoided it. You could have done. Um, I don't think he... As much as I love the, 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 the way that Nakamura uh, was just dressed up upon his arrival in NXT, as phenomenal a performer as Shinsuke Nakamura is, I don't know whether I can put him in the best category. I don't even think he's in lovely, lovely, lovely. Really? See, I, I was... think it was just. I think it was all right. Okay, state your case. Memorable being matches. All right. Memorable matches. All when, right. When Nakamura had the title around his lovely svelte waist, how many great matches did he actually have? I think the matches he had before the reigns um, far superseded what he did with the title. The build Thoughts on the, that claim. The Tom. chase. It's one of those cases where the chase is more. Uh, intriguing than the the catching, isn't it? Like it was the it was him coming for the belt, which was more intriguing than him having the belt. That's yeah, a good shout. It, That's a good shout. It's just when you look back at NXT and what's I guess the the narrative, the what's talked about from uh, that around that time with Nakamura in NXT. It's all about the debut, isn't it? And it's the matches with Balor and stuff like that. Not necessarily the Sami Zayn match, did with which the was just phenomenal. Great way to yeah. introduce him to the crowd. And and do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna be the better obscure company. Let's let's say Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Just on the rain itself before you burn us down, everybody in the comments. <laughs> um, seeing Bo above Nakamura, there's one hell of a visual for me looking at this tier. <laughs> and we are basing this. We are basing this solely on the title reign in NXT. Like, yeah. So don't get angry. Like if you go Bo Dallas better than Nakamura, no, it's not what we're saying. Cool your jets, Winston. Um, it's 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 based on the NXT title reign, and you know what? In a in a in a capsule, Bo Dallas's title reign was far more intriguing than Shinsuke Nakamura's. It, it just was. It's there hard to believe, everybody, but it was. Mm -hmm. um, so Nakamura dropped the title to Bobby Roode oh. at NXT TakeOver San Antonio. They then failed to reclaim the title at NXT TakeOver Orlando, and I was there live. And that match, I don't know if it was because it was the main event of a takeover event where you're like, wow, for like three hours before you get, well, two and a half hours before you get in the main event. Um, but it fell a bit flat. It did. It fell a bit flat. It just felt like the right time for Nakamura after WrestleMania 33 to go up to the main roster. I think Nakamura and Bobby Roode are far too similar in the sense that they, the NXT created this amazing allure around a character this fantastic presentation yet when the chase was over don't know what we do from here I don't yeah. know and for me Bobby Roode 
like the entrance, the music, I was captivated. I love the presentation of Bobby Roode when he arrived in NXT. Off, on, that, on that pedestal that lowers. Having the big choir for the one entrance the one time. Like just all that stuff, all that effort in dressing him up. Uh, f for me, in ring, wasn't the greatest title reign. It really Bobby wasn't. Bobby Roode's on about now. Bobby Roode, yeah. Bobby Roode, not Nakamura. Bobby Roode I'm talking about now. Like there was some I standout stuff, but majority of things like the, the the chase for like him and Hideo Itami had had probably the strongest match of Bobby Roode's title reign but I think that was the point though that the 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 the, the old school wrestling I think we'll call it the the harking back to a different time I think was the entire point of Bobby Roode's reign in the midst of work rate NXT where you've got everybody flying and Nakamura doing 25 kinshasas with 25 kickouts every single main event Bobby Roode doing kicks and punches and then his finisher being the end. I think that was the entire point, just to be that much, you know, the juxtaposition of what NXT had become and Bobby Roode. And by the way, Bobby Roode, this is going to be weird if you've just been watching uh, wrestling since Bobby Roode's been on Raw and SmackDown. Now he's just a man who rocks up in his dressing gown and goes, I am here and I am absolutely glorious. I am going to wrestle a match and that is absolutely glorious. That sandwich over there is absolutely <laughs> glorious. Everything's just absolutely glorious with no substance whatsoever. When Bobby Roode arrived in NXT, he was speaking about changing NXT from this little rinky-dink thing and bringing in the executives and bringing in all the big names and the glamour and the glitz and all that malarkey. He was going to change NXT and take it to the, a corporate level or whatever he was saying in the ring. That gimmick I just thought was fantastic. What it, they did with him on the main roster is scandalous. <laughs> there was certainly more meat on the boat in NXT. I thought the, the Bobby Roode in NXT sort of arcing back to me of Triple H circa 2003. Which was the, as you, as you rightly say, like all these guys do all these wild and woolly things. I come out in a suit. I'm bringing business. I'm going to just wrestle. And yeah, there, I get that. But despite that, I'm basing it on the title reign. And his is a title reign that doesn't stand out to me personally. So Ooh. where are we sitting on this one, Ross? I love Bobby Roode as a character. I love the glorious stuff. I do. And, and you're right in the sense that it's been lost since he got to the main roster. I was furious when they turned him face. Somebody went, oh, yeah. people like to sing the theme tune. Let's make him a baby face. <laughs> like, no, you've missed the point. He should never be a baby face, Bobby Roode. He's never just a natural be a baby face. Like, I like Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Maybe the idea of him leading a faction, that would have been, again, we're hearkening back to Triple H of 03 with this particular uh, Bobby Roode. But um, I, ca- I can't put him, I certainly can't put him in the best. I certainly I can't say, put him in lovely, uh, lovely, lovely. I would say, I would, yeah, on balance, I guess, yeah. He's, it's definitely better than what Nakamura's was, I'd say. I think if we're going to base it off there, because you look at... What he did, he had matches against Cassius Ono for the title on the line, Hideo Itami. Roderick Strong was even getting title shots around this time, pre-Undisputed mm. Era, of course. But it was the storylines that kind of let the thing down. They had this stuff with Ty Dillinger as well, where they tied together in the Dusty Classic before Bobby Roo walked out on him out of nowhere. And then he had the stuff with Strong where he was insulting Roddy Strong's family around the time. We got fantastic promo packages. Because for me, in, of Roddy Strong's early NXT career, his... his issue was just so bland fantastic mm. wrestler but in terms of a character he was so bland and we got the fantastic promo packages off the back of what Bobby Roode was saying about him about his family where they went to his house and stuff and Marina was there with the, the young boy the young boy her son <laughs> and it, it built like a lovely picture of Roddy Strong but then it got the wrestling in the ring you'd think wow this man's been insulting your family who are clearly very wholesome and nice people and then the match would just be a bit there was there was the one there was a moment in the match they had on NXT TV which I was a big fan of where it looked like Roddy had beaten Bobby to the point where if I remember correctly music played and he ran out to the ring he ran out of the ring celebrating and then and it was uh, like your old school dusty finish it was like well no 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 the match is still going uh, mm. so there was that moment I remember from the Bobby Roddy match um, but yeah apart from that it was just like. I can't, I can't put him in, I can't put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. He's got to go in all right. We'll go in all right, but above Nakamura. I think mm. that's fair to say. So we're moving on to the current WWE champion, of course, Mr. Drew McIntyre. Um, 91 days this reign was. It just didn't work at all. I don't think, even though Drew McIntyre had run the indies, we'll say. Uh, not run the indies. He was one of the main standouts for a couple of years before he went back to WWE, of course, uh, for a lot of companies. Um... For whatever reason, Drew McIntyre as a babyface in NXT just didn't work, did it? We were still work in progress, I think, with with McIntyre. Now he was back in the fold. Like you say, he'd been away, he'd become a star, he'd sort of rehabbed himself uh, whilst away. And we're now seeing the Drew McIntyre that we always knew we deserved. And, and 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 he's getting the push that he deserves too. But yeah, it just sort of... This felt quite... This felt quite rushed. Like, I don't know where the fire was that they had to get the belt on Drew McIntyre, like, on his first takeover. It felt quite rushed. And it was, and, and not only that, it was like, hey, it's his first takeover. Bobby Roode's been defeated. Drew's the champion. Hey, wait a minute. There's, here's some lads that will be known as the Undisputed Era. So even that moment where Drew becomes champ is, is, is watered down by uh, the debut of the Undisputed Era. And, uh, and, and, then fr- and then from there, it, it doesn't really take off. It doesn't really, it doesn't fit in for some reason. Yeah. It was a weird it was, one. 
the rust it was the rust it was the two main issues where as you say it being rushed because I think he just he defeated Killian Dane in a number one contenders match and he got the title match at Brooklyn and then him and Bobby just kicked the poo out of each other it was a really hard hitting match it was a, a fine match for what it was a, a fine Bobby Roode match in the realms of his style I think we'll see because of course we saw Drew McIntyre have all the great indie classics around the world over the, the previous couple of years but then as well as it being rushed You've got Adam Cole coming in for his debut. He debuts on this takeover immediately after Drew McIntyre's won the title. And Adam Cole, he's just too cool, isn't he? I feel pathetic saying that, Tom, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he's just too cool! <laughs> Way to go, guys! Not in the similar vein as Grandmaster Sexy and Scotty Too Hot. You're not that kind of cool. <laughs> but you know he's what I mean? It's like if you, want cool. one, if you want one heel... Not to be against you when you're a baby face, it's Adam Cole. Because yeah. no matter what he does, you just can't help but think, wow, he's got him, isn't he? Yeah, and I think that didn't help things for Drew either. And, and I feel bad saying that because Drew is certainly up there with uh, the, the best now in terms of like a WWE champion of the modern. Like he's, I feel for him this, I feel for, for Drew right now because Drew has ascended to the top of WWE in a time which is, which is so peculiar. Be, you know the fact that it was in a WrestleMania with no fans, and and it was it's, and he's weekly he's featured weekly on Monday Night Raw with with viewers like dropping and not to do with him he's not doing anything wrong he is grafting but he's just a victim of the time and yeah. and I'm nervous that that somebody will misinterpret. Uh, the, the state of the, the business and, and assume it's down to Drew, but it's absolutely not. Drew is a graph Like, this Drew in the, is the WWE champion now. Had this been the Drew we had in NXT, we'd be putting him in the best, without a doubt. Mm. That fire, that intensity, that emotional connection, all there. It wasn't quite there with Drew at this point, and the, and the rain didn't have much, much to it. So... It's it's clear that they're letting him be more of himself now on the main roster compared to what he was in NXT. Because in NXT, he was just... Drew McIntyre's indie entrance with that theme that says, ah, at the start. I'm not going to say the word because we'll get demonetized. You know the theme <laughs> I mean. When he's just like going around the ring and pacing really quickly. That was the Drew McIntyre that was in NXT. But now he's having a laugh while he's, he's doing the wrestling. He's de- saying things to the crowd that's not there and stuff like that. He's just being more interactive as champion. But as for the raid itself, we'll go through the highlights he had a match with Roddy Strong that was on TV, that was on NXT one week. And the night before, War Games! I need to cover my microphone so it's not too loud. Sorry, headphone users <laughs> listening on the podcast feed. McIntyre defended his championship, Tom, against Adam Cole with Shawn Michaels as the special guest ref at a house show in San Antonio, Texas. And that's just not fair. <laughs> we wanted that on telly! Yeah. <laughs> you selfish boys! I mean, at War Games, he's defending the title against Almas, and the night before, he's defending it against Adam Cole, of all people, with Shawn Michaels as a special guest ref. Could you what not swap Almas that around? That, that would have oh. far more, far more intriguing. <laughs> but then, of course, we got to that War Games match, and uh, Almas, Drew got injured in the match, didn't he, unfortunately, with the, the DDT off the top rope. Um, that was his first loss in NXT, and that was it. I think people just realised he's got time to go away and heal from this injury now. We'll bring him back on the main roster. We probably should have taken him straight to the main roster, to be honest with you, because he'd been there before. He knew how it all worked. He was the complete package when he came back, I think it's all fair to say. Mm-hmm. And then he pissed around with Ziggler for a while, and that was, that was nothing. But, you know, that's, well, we've forgotten about that now. He's champion now. But Drew McIntyre is NXT champion. I think we've got to be looking bearable. Put him in bearable. Um, bearable. 
I want to put him behind Nakamura. In bearable. Nakamura's an all right. Oh, is he? Oh, okay, I want to He's put him... He's a stage up. Who's in bearable with him? So Big E, Rollins, and Sammy. Okay. Um, put him... I'd, I'd say he goes above Sammy, just. Just above Sammy. That's just above Sammy. Just above Sammy. I guess. He actually won a match with the title around his waist. <laughs> so that puts him above Sammy. <laughs> so next up, we move on to Andrade Cien Almas, who, of course, arrived in NXT as a man, a bland baby face with a pimp hat. Um, it's true. <laughs> that was it. It's true. That was literally it. That was his character. He was supposed to be a baby face. Nobody was connecting with him whatsoever. But then Zelina Vega arrived on the scene. He started doing the old Tranquilo Malarkey, which, of course, was what he did back in Mexico and whatever we're lost in Garbanobeles and all that malarkey I know things about wrestling me and everything changed he went from this person nobody gave a toss about to somebody who just had it and he was in the main roster picture almost immediately when Zelina Vega arrived on the scene he had such a renaissance when Zelina Vega turned up like I was I was done with Andrade I didn't get it when he was when he was the baby face and I seem to recall and, and I'm sure you'll tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. I'm sure it was a takeover where we had Andrade versus Nakamura. And you could just tell, like, like Andrade had been brought in as, as, this, as this, this foreign star that was about to really shine on this American platform, and it just didn't click. And then Nakamura's come in under a similar guise, and just the crowd have immediately just warmed to him. And I remember watching that match thinking, Andrade's getting released. Andrade's going. I remember that time thinking he's he's done. This is a waste of everybody's time. But wow, I'm I'm glad he wasn't. I'm always happy to be wrong. And the stuff with Vega led to an a, a really a really surprisingly strong run as NXT champion. That match with Johnny Gargano. And it, th and this is we're getting into such a cool time for NXT as Andrade becomes the champion because it was that match that just drew me in as a fan. That is this match the Philadelphia that just, one? They saw the walls of, of disbelief just come crashing down. And I, I just, just completely absorbed in that. And that was down to Gargano and that was down to Andrade, who was being given the time and the, and the energy now to, to be a bit more, as, as a, bit more uh, a bit more his old self, which was perfect. I want yeah. to put him... I'd say he's one of the top two tiers. Uh, I either want to put him back of the best or top of lovely, lovely, lovely. I think we go. I want to put top him of top of the best. I want to put him because I'm a lot of this. I'm basing on the match that he had with Gargano, and the match that he had with Mister Black was also good. Was also good. Very good. Either top of <laughs> top. Of, oh gosh, top of lovely, lovely. We'll go top of lovely. I think top, top of lovely, lovely, lovely. lovely is fair. <laughs> That's in keeping. Ooh, I sound like I sound like when I do graded. It was brilliant, stupendous, fantastic. It's a B. C. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he held the title for 140 days. It just the stuff with Vega to this day. It just works, doesn't it? We had mm. the match. I think it was the match that was rated five stars. The first NXT match rated five stars by Dave. If that's a thing that wasn't even in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> it would have been 10 if it wasn't. <laughs> it would have been 47. Um, 
So we had that match. We had the match initially where Johnny Gargano was the the victim of mind games against Andrade and Zelina because they threw a DIY T-shirt at him after DIY had imploded, and he was going, "Oh no, oh, <laughs> I remember that, that T-shirt." Uh, <laughs> uh, we had the match at Philadelphia. That was the five-star match. Uh, Royal Rumble 2018 happened. Main roster debut. Big Poppington, of course. He eliminated Kofi Kingston back in 2018 at the Royal Rumble. Uh, he retained the title again against Gargano on NXT TV, thanks to the interference from Champa. That was a sort of a drawback to the later stages of that reign because it sort of took a, a backseat, kind of, to Gargano versus Champa, which is still... Is it the best story WWE have done for five years, ten yes. years, something like that? Yes. The, the title was very much taking a second step to... Gargano versus Champa at this time. Uh, Champa gets involved in that match there, cost Gargano, which resulted in Johnny Wrestling leaving NXT as per the pre-match stipulation, Tom. Remember that one? Yeah, and he was away for, for all of a few months. Yeah, and then we get to NXT TakeOver New Orleans, WrestleMania 34 weekend, and Drade drops the title to Alistair Black. Top of lovely, lovely. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I think because the match with Gargano, him being the NXT champion of the Royal Rumble, I think was another thing that set a lovely precedent um, precedent uh, for, for NXT. See, the champion, the Rumble. Obviously, now that's different because now NXT guys in the Rumble can fight to contend for the title, which is an even higher prestige. Um, but yeah, top of lovely, lovely, lovely. Top of lovely, lovely, lovely. lovely, lovely. So lovely, then we're moving lovely. on to Alistair Black. And even though he did hold the title... For 102 days, Tom. Oh, we had the big build-up with the, the customary NXT undefeated streak. The character work was great. He was moody. He was just kicking people's head off. He wasn't working by the hour. He was getting paid by the minute, so his matches were double quick. But then while Alistair Black was NXT champion, Gargano versus Champa, the feud just went at different levels. Everybody, all the focus, everybody's attentions were just on Champa versus Gargano. And Alistair Black as NXT champion really suffered because of that. So when he had the title, Tom, matches were slightly repetitive, I guess, due to the character, the moody character who would kick people in the head and then the match would be over with. And while we're watching Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champa with all of that story and then they try to kill each other, oh, it was hard. It was hard for Alistair Black, especially... <laughs> the the, the, the Chamber Gargano food was bad enough, but Alistair Black defended his NXT championship at NXT Chicago II, the second instalment, against who, Tom? Can you remember? Can you remember this massive NXT championship singles match? I'm really, it's really embarrassing, but I, and then this says it all. It's I not can't. embarrassing, Tom. I'm saying it for a reason. It's because it was Lars Sullivan. As wow. well as having Chamber versus Gargano happening while he was champion, the challenges Alistair Black had, they were not up to scratch. No, they weren't. And, and I think this... Is this going to be our first champ that goes in the bin? I was going to suggest that we don't put any in the bin. I don't think it's that... It's, it's, oh, I would argue that McIntyre's was worse. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> okay, all right. It's in that case, we'll, we'll okay. I think you were looking at the back of bearable for Alistair Black. Alistair Black is a, is a guy that doesn't need to be a champion. That's the thing about Alistair Black. His character is cool enough. Sort of akin to like a Jake the Snake Roberts, like who never needed to be a champion in the company. And he can and still, ha he still have a, a presence within the company. And but when he became the champion, like the, the chase was very, uh, and then he became the champ. And like you say, and, and I, I feel bad as the NXT historian for forgetting that that uh, 
he defended against Lars Sullivan. I wouldn't others. feel bad about that, Tom. It's but Lars. <laughs> the, the, the issue he was competing with here was the, all the eyes were on some phenomenal work between Champa and Gargano. I think whoever was champion at this point would have been lost in the shuffle. And in a, in a way, that it, putting the belt on Alistair Black is basically a way of just, of, of like, metaphorically putting your keys on the table. You know, so you can come back to them when you need them. Yeah. So obviously he would enter the fray uh, a little bit later on. Uh, the, the, the title would enter the fray with those guys a bit later on. But yeah, it was... He was a guy that didn't need a belt. He was a guy who, as champion, didn't really set the world alight. And he was a guy that didn't have the right people to fight against. So consequently, he's got to go back a bearable. Back a bearable. It, it was nice to see him... Oh, it's just... What do you mean? What do you mean? It you know, got... It's nice to see anybody as champion, but he didn't need to be champion. That's, no. the, that's the that's the issue with Alistair Black. His character's so cool. If he never wins a belt in WWE, it's all right because there'll always be a place for him. Like there's a like there's 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 surely a match between Black and the Undertaker, or Black and Bray Wyatt down the yeah. way that is going to do more for an Alistair Black than than winning a belt at this point. Yeah, so then we move on, of course, to Tommaso Ciampa. And I'm going into business for myself here, No, Tom. you don't need Tommaso to, because I think we're on the same page here. Straight in the best, isn't he? 237 days as champion. And we spoke about Neville taking the NXT title to another level. Owens to another level still. Tommaso Ciampa is a higher level than that for me because he would speak to that bloody title. He would give it a name. It was called Goldie. He would speak to it in a very sexual manner. Daddy's home, etc., etc. And more than that, Tom, as well as, you know, treating it like a person, he would destroy friendships. Gargano, the friendship was gone just for the NXT Championship, among other reasons. But, you know, the NXT title was the main reason, I guess. Uh Looking like back at those champions, like you say, that have that changed NXT. Adrian Neville sort of ushered in like the work rate era. Then you had Kevin Owens, who was just uh, this this destructive force. And Tommaso Ciampa turned NXT into a cult. Tommaso Ciampa as NXT champion is, and it's it's it, he is the most unexpected. When you were, you know, if you've been watching NXT for several years, been watching WWE for several years, you'd know Tommaso Ciampa. He was in the Cruiserweight Classic tournament. He had a match against Gargano that a lot of people raved about. He was always one of those guys that was on the periphery. Never considered one of those guys that was going to punch through. But my God, did he punch through? Like his work as NXT champion. Like you say, the talking to was the belt. It, wasn't it? Oh my the days. making of the man. Just the, the moment that he turned his back on Gargano, the moment he drove his head into the stage, that just escalated. That just that just escalated things for Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, him with the belt is such a perfect fit. Like they they belong together. <laughs> they yeah. just too. Like Champa grew with having the belt. Champa grew as a heel. Like the the whole thing of the, do you know what? It's it's that whole thing of less is more. When, and you talk about how like you mentioned how Bobby Roode was like the antithesis of NXT, and that was why you were a, a bigger fan than I was of his running NXT. You want to talk the antithesis of NXT, right? Here's a guy who is on this sh on this show that is that prides itself with high production value and hyperbole and strong character presentation. Here's a guy that walks out to no music, to no lighting, 
and just surly walks out to the ring and just basks in booze, basks in hatred, and immediately, without having to, without having to have choirs and pedestals and violinists, you're drawn to him. Yeah. It's powerful. The best. Yep, the absolute best. Easily. The few with Gargano speaks for itself. We obviously had spoke about earlier about Johnny losing his spot in NXT thanks to Chapman getting involved in the title match. The unsanctioned match where Johnny was fighting to get his job back speaks for itself. I think that might have been the best one. I can't remember off the top of my head, really. We had the street fight, of course, where things went at different levels. The last man standing match. His reign also included matches against uh, Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black. They were defeated as well. And then we get to the, the heartbreaking bit as well because the reign was amazing. It looked like it could have gone on for even longer, but injury would strike him down at the worst possible moment. Also, Unforgivable scenes on the main roster as they just disregarded oh, 18 months to two years furious. of storytelling. The best story WWE have probably done for a very long time is uh, they teamed up these two people who were trying to kill each other not too long ago because NXT tag team partners, they're a thing. Ha <laughs> ha. You know what? You know what? We talk about how WWE roster call ups have destroyed NXT stars. I'm going to be controversial here. The biggest victim of NXT call ups crushing NXT stars is Tommaso Ciampa because the injury that took him out was on Smackdown yeah a match that he should not have been in a match that he didn't need to be a part of but because they just because one day I believe Vince McMahon just woke up and went oh let's get some NXT guys here quick so all of a sudden you you break all these storylines and bring five people up like for no reason and that was where he got injured I was furious about that at the time yeah. because, like, this is a guy who's done his job and he's got injured on the job, and it's had had they had they not been like had they not woke up that morning and decided let's bring these guys up, that feud would have finished the way that it was meant to finish, and it would have finished it beautifully in the run up to WrestleMania. But alas, that wasn't to be, and and we when Champa becomes champion again. My, my concern is it won't have the same vibe because now Champa is so beloved and like he's now he's got music and the music's great that he's got and he's got a few more bells is and it, whistles I think it's terrible for me I quite like it I, I like the start which is the, the flatlining that's good cool. yeah. just, just I would and I think now he's now and now he's a, now he's a beloved face so I kind of get that this you know Next time he wins the belt, it will feel different and it, and it will hit different. But I'm basing it on this one title reign. He is the best. He's absolutely the best. He is, yeah. So then we move on to Johnny Gargano. And I don't know if it's just me, Tom, I don't know if you agree, but Johnny Gargano, when he doesn't have Tommaso Ciampa on the other side of the ring, is a big issue for me when he's a babyface. He's fantastic now as a heel. Him and Candice work together sensationally. I think the way they're just annoying little twerps. Mm. <laughs> um, but when Gargano's a babyface and he doesn't have Champa on the other side of the ring, it's a big issue. They my, are so anyway. beautifully paired. That, and, and, it, and it was the, the first major storyline that both of them had, really, as singles performers, was against each other. And it was like going from zero to 60 because all of a sudden it wasn't just their first storyline, but it was the most captivating storyline. So of course, everything that follows that, unless it's phenomenal, is gonna fall, is gonna drop them down a few pegs. And yeah, I, and I think that Johnny Gargano's title win, 
and, and subsequent rain. Like for the the guy who carries it's carried himself as like, oh, I'm the the face of NXT. The belt didn't suit him. Do you know what it felt like? I'll tell you what it felt like. Have you ever seen Transformers the movie? No, never. The animated one, right? No, never. <laughs> this was this was Ultra Magnus taking the Matrix. Okay, there'll be people that watch this that will get that. When Optimus I Prime agree. died, Ultra Magnus took the Matrix. It was believed that he was going to be the guy that was going to take over from Optimus Prime, but he couldn't work the Matrix. Even though everyone went, well, I don't understand. You're the guy that's next in line to, to lead us. And he couldn't work the Matrix. And it was Hot yeah. Rod at the end of the film, one of the most unlikely, who managed to work it and became the leader of the, of the, the Autobots. Gargano is Ultra Magnus in this I'll particular story. <laughs> <laughs> but this rain, it was sort of, I guess they were setting off on one route with a long story with Champa set to continue. NXT TakeOver New York, I think it was. It was due to be Champa versus Gargano for the NXT Championship. But Champa needing that next surgery thanks to the injury he suffered, I think it was in that match with the bar on SmackDown. He was removed from the match, and then it was announced that Gargano would still be in the match, but facing Adam Cole now for the vacant title after Cole won. I think it was a fatal five-way match uh, to earn the right to replace Champa. Gargano would defeat Cole, of course, in a two out of three falls match. Uh, and that was where things, it was a nice, oh, how do you feel? I thought it was a nice moment, personally, where Champa came out to celebrate with his old pal who he tried to kill, and Candice was there as well. It was a nice moment, or was it just too, with a neck injury, they couldn't do anything? Would you rather have rather. I would it? have rather Champa not been there, I, because they ended up retconning that anyway. Yeah. So I would have rather Champa not, I mean... I, I, it, for me, it kind of felt like, yeah, probably in the, in the heat of the moment, it was probably the right call to have Champa there with his mate. But I wouldn't have been upset if they hadn't done it. Yeah. Or, if he, or you know, if, if Gargano had just looked down the camera and went, this is for you, Champa, that'd have been all right. I don't know if I needed them being pally-pally after I've watched them for a year decimate each other. You know, because then they ended up retconning it and, and they finished off their feud this year. Yeah. So they didn't need it, personally. Um, and nor, and nor, does, nor does a babyface Johnny Gargano need the NXT title, nor does it fit him. And uh, I, so I would want to put him... Oh, man. I want to put him in there. The middle yeah, category. Say, yeah. Just a bearable or all right, one of the two? Oops, I want to put him in all right. All right. I really do. Um, and, and, it's no, just, uh, and again, it's not a reflection on Gargano as a performer. I think Gargano as a heel now is excellent. Um, I think that Gargano possibly having a run with the North American Championship, uh, which may have happened depending on when this goes out. Ooh. And um, we'll, I think that will be something that they will use and they will run with beautifully because Gargano as a champion like doing the whole challenging rookies as as a heel asshole, I think is so much more fitting for Gargano than sort of flag waving babyface. That suits him much better. Yeah, um, but Gargano when he was in and around the title around here, the matches were. Um, but how did you feel on the matches? I guess that's another contentious issue. They were all against Adam Cole. Obviously, Gargano won the first one. Cole then won the second one, uh, which took place at NXT TakeOver 25, I think it was. And then with the third one, with Regal allowing the two lads to pick a stipulation each before he picked the steel cage match to, uh, to close it, 
How did you feel about a million and a half kickouts taking place in every single fall? Johnny Kickout. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm fine with it. I think that it adds. I think that I think I've I've never been a, I've never been massively against kickouts of stuff. I haven't. Like that's part of how I my disbelief gets suspended by having these guys just like dig down deep and just push and get a shoulder up. And uh, I'm so I. I, that's that's how most of the uh, the anticipation builds. I think I would feel different had Gargano kicked out of that flipping air raid crash off the, or whoever would have kicked out of that flipping air raid crash off the top of the cage at the end of said match. I think if somebody mm. had kicked out of that, and that would have been a problem for me. But that didn't happen, so um, I'm fine with it personally. I think that, but that's kind of Gargano's style. I feel like is in the same way now that Drew McIntyre's style is to kick out a one. That's that's a thing they're building with Drew on Raw, is yeah. that he's the guy that takes signature moves and kicks out at one. And that's not doing anybody any harm. That's sort of telling Drew Mac that's sort of giving Drew McIntyre an interesting little twist. And Gargano kicking out of stuff, I'm fine with. I'm alright with. The match is compelling. These matches were normally good. I just didn't think that it suited him being babyface champion. So uh, the the man that took the belt off him, thank goodness he was there. Yeah, and even though the reign was only 57 days for Gargano, I think he's deserved to be in a higher ranking than the likes of, you know, McIntyre and Zayn and Black, just due to the fact that he had at least one memorable match. One really unbelievable match. So are you suggesting we put him higher? No, no, I'm just saying that's justified where we're putting him, because I can see the comments (laughs) happening now. How can you rank him higher than Alistair Black and stuff like that? I reckon that's justified. I don't care. I do care what you say. I love you all. Anyway, (laughs) Adam Cole then took the title, of course, off Gargano. He is still... I mean, we're taking a risk with this uh, tier ranking, doing this on a takeover in your house weekend, where Velveteen Dream could realistically take the title off Adam Cole. Do you reckon he will? Yes. Yes. This is going to be one of those videos that may age like milk. Uh, (laughs) But yes, I think that this is going to be... I think because when it comes... Before we get into Cole's title reign, I think Velveteen Dream has had so many shots at the top now that I think if you do any more and he misses, you're going to see that ball of momentum start rolling back down the hill. So I feel like this is as good a time as any to pull the trigger. I don't think it does any harm to have Adam Cole lose at this point. I know behind the scenes there is, uh, from what we've, what we know in the news, what we've talked about in the news at time recording, there is some contractual stuff with Adam Cole that might force the hand tonight. We'll see. But I think it's, I, I'm happy for Dream to become champion now. I want to see a Dream title reign. I want to see what Dream does. Dream hasn't, uh, hasn't uh, changed who he is in becoming a face or a heel. And I, mm. I quite admire that. Like, Dream is still the same arrogant, arrogant so-and-so that he was when he was a bad guy. And, and, and no point has he stepped back or around that, and I really enjoy that. So, um, yeah, bring on a Velveteen Dream title reign. I'm very yeah. intrigued to see it. Uh, but as for Adam Cole, wow. There's a guy, here's a guy that has basically thrown the company on his back, and he's done it during one of the most 
uh, intriguing times in the history of NXT. Like they're on network television. They have a weekly television rival. He has been the NXT champion that took the fight to Raw and SmackDown. He has been the NXT champion during the era where for the first time NXT wasn't a developmental brand like it was with Adrian Neville. Wasn't the little brand that could like it was with Kevin Owens. It's actually now a third brand. This is like, any time we put out a video that says a star has been called up, we are shot down because it's no longer considered a call up. It's a call across. It's a move yeah. to. And Adam Cole has been at the forefront of that as NXT champion. He's been the champion uh, that took the fight to Raw and SmackDown at Survivor Series. You know, he was, he was, he was a featured there. He was the first, time, first person to defend the NXT title on a WWE pay-per-view. If, if I'm correct on that, strike me down. If I'm not, um, so much <clears throat> legacy in Adam Cole's title reign and everything he seems to turn his hand to, he's really strong at. Uh, so I want to put him in the best. He's straight in the best for my money. Obviously, he is the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. As of <laughs> March the 19th this year, I think he broke Finn Balor's 292-day record. Uh, if this video goes out on TakeOver Sunday, I think the reign's at 371 days, or well, 372, around that area, somewhere like that. Um, it was that, that stretch of matches he had in and around Survivor Series time where WWE was sort of doing things on the fly and flying people, because it was around the, the, the Saudi Arabia time, wasn't it? So NXT were drafted in and he was flying around the world having a great match here, flying off there, having a great match there. Work rate, workhorse, all of the works, all of the What works. does it say for a guy who, at a moment's, like a moment's notice, can arrive in an arena and have a belter of a TV match with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's great, so that's handy. Um, but yeah. with Adam Cole, like just just puts that all that all that on his back and just rolls with it. Some comments made about Adam Cole recently concern me, considering there's like obviously a lot of contractual talk at the moment, which again is a comment that might age like milk now. Um, where I think it was Road Dog who did an interview on on after the bell. Who said? Who was singing the praises of Adam Cole, but just said if and said if only he was the same size as Karrion Cross, he'd be Universal Champion. So it's what, a shame that it's what you've done there, just as a guy's negotiating his contract, is you've just you've just built a glass ceiling above his head. Yeah, it's a shame we're still here with that bollocks. It, the wrestlers, there's no typical look for wrestlers. They're just, no. Kevin Owens can be world champion. Adam Cole can be world champion. Because that's my my biggest thing that I think will hold Cole back is literally right. Just because Vince McMahon is is has got his punch on for big sweaty men, it's the size of Adam Cole's arms. <laughs> yeah, that is it, isn't it? It's it's a sad outlook on how WWE WWE do their their, their booking and whatnot. But it's it's true, isn't it? It's. It's oh, it's such a shame. But we look at Cole's reign as NXT champion. We had the stuff with Gargano and then Champa, and then uh, Pete Dunne, as you say, was defeated at Survivor Series 2019. Kickouts, so many kickouts in all the matches. If you you like them or you don't, that's up to your own. It's your own personal taste. But also, even though he was NXT champion, sometimes the championship took a backseat to feuds with stables with the undisputed era. We had the stuff with Team Champa at uh, that thing that Regal likes to shout. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, war games, and then the Imperium, the NXT UK stuff at uh, Worlds Collide at the start of the year. Even though the championship sort of took a bit of a, a sidestep to uh, do this this warfare between stables, it was still it still felt like a big deal because yeah. it was around the, the waist of Adam Cole, and he's a bastard, but in the best possible way, and he just makes people like me feel inadequate and in how he does everything <laughs> so well.
Do you get that feeling with him sometimes? You know that person who just like, no matter what he does, it's always good. And you're sat there thinking, oh, I try, I try sometimes and it's bad. But Adam Cole does stuff and he's good. <laughs> he's just effortlessly good. Effortlessly yeah. good. And uh, WWE, I'm, I'm hoping, are, are, are aware of how good they have it with Adam Cole as champion. Yeah, they should break the bank to keep him. Because mm. I think Britt Baker as well was doing uh, that podcast Aubrey and Tony do for AEW. And she was like, I would love to see it. Uh, well, one big happy family. I'd love to see Adam Cole have a match soon, I think she's like, in, in the, the near, near future. future. It was like, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, dear. Triple H must be sweating after hearing that one. <laughs> anyway, there is our tier ranking for NXT champions in the history of that illustrious championship. Tom, let's go through the tiers one by one. I don't think anyone deserves to get in the bin. Do you disagree with Do you that? Know what? Do you nah, see? I, even, the, even the the lowest level champions have still performed to a certain level. Like, there's nobody there that is undeserving. No. So I don't uh, want so anyone have, in the bin. We have Big E, uh, Rollins, who were a victim, of course, of early NXT being what it was and finding its identity uh, in just about bearable, along with Drew McIntyre, who uh, wasn't really... Is he the worst one of... If you're going to call one of them worst... Is he the worst NXT champion of all time? I guess he is. Is that weird so, saying that? I feel yeah, like I feel like um, I feel like Jack came to the same. I think we we came to the same conclusion when um, I think it was Jack that did the voice for it. I think we all came to the same conclusion with uh, with the ranked video. Strangely, if oh. I remember correctly. Bloody hell! There I we think go. We did. We're on I the same wrong. page. Continuity. A cult Imagine. <laughs> Sami Zayn is also just about bearable but of course he was building up Kevin Owens and Alistair Black just because he didn't really have anybody to fight while everyone was watching Gargano and Chapman do their thing he's in there as well alright we have Bobby Roode we have Shinsuke Nakamura he deserves to be there doesn't he and Johnny Gargano lovely 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 Andrade Bo Dallas yes Bo Dallas as NXT champion was fantastic and Samoa Joe and now we move on to what we do traditionally in these tier list videos Tom we're going to rank the people inside of the best tier so we find out once and for all <clears> who <throat> is the best NXT champion of all time so Neville does Kevin Owens deserve to go above Neville yes I would agree with that completely. Does Finn Balor deserve to go above Neville and Kevin Owens? I would say yes, personally. Above Kevin? He was the face of that place for a long, long time. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, fine. Finn Balor. Tommaso Ciampa, above Balor, above Owens, above Neville. He's definitely above Neville. Yeah. Definitely above KO. Even though I love KO as NXT champion. Now, is he better than Finn Balor as NXT champion? As NXT say, champion, I would personally say yes. I would say yes as well. Just that he made that thing feel like the most important thing in the world ever. And then we have Adam Cole rounding off the best mm -hmm. tier. Is he better as NXT champion than Tommaso Ciampa? Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to... Oh, tell you, I don't know if it's just personal preference. I'm going to say no. You think Cole's better? I'm going to say Champa's better. Champa's better. I'm leaning towards Champa. This is tense. I'm leaning towards Champa. Is Adam Cole Babe a better NXT champion than Finn Balor? Um... 
Yes, yeah, I think Adam Cole has has done more with NXT, with the NXT title than Finn Balor. So yes, I would fully agree with that. So there we have the best tier. Working up from the bottom of the best tier, we go Neville, then KO, then Balor, then Cole, and the best NXT champion of all time is Tommaso Ciampa. There we have it, Thomas. We've come to the end of this tier ranking. Any closing thoughts on this takeover in your hoose weekend? Um, let's hope Velveteen Dream enters the list. Let's hope this list ages like milk and we have to add Velveteen Dream. <laughs> we'll have to come back and do it all again. We'll do it all again <laughs> next time. Uh, no, we're very blessed uh, to have uh, a, a list like this where there are there, where it's a fight to, to choose who the best one is. There's so many people in the best category. Uh, it says a lot for NXT, really. As somebody, I, I watched the last episode of ECW and they announced NXT. I remember being annoyed because I was like, oh man, ECW's done already. That's annoying. How, how stupid that boy was that here hey, we are just now. A, and it's, the, it's, it's possibly the greatest roster that WWE has. Yeah. It was justified initially with that game show, though. We've come a long way over the past... My God, it's been 10 years. We've come a long <laughs> way, baby. <laughs> so there we have it. That's our tier ranking. No doubt about it. You completely disagree with everything myself and Tom have said. But despite that, we'll be back next week with another tier rankings thingy. I've been Gary YouTube, joined by a second Gary YouTube with Tom Campbell's head right there. That was it. See you next time. Tatty bye. Love you, bye. Wait for the camera, Gary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.